wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships, join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. for conception, pregnancy, and birth is both a time of joy and for many also filled with challenges and for some losses. Many women and birthing people suffer in silence rather than having loving, compassionate care. My guest today is here to change that. She's going to share with us her joyful birth as well as how caring and companioning can help people heal find resilience, and in time, their joy again. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. My guest today is very special to me. I've had a chance to learn so much from her and hear her speak coming into many of our Dona postpartum doula workshops. Naima Beckles is an educator, a consultant, a doula, a founding director for Your Birth. She trains birth workers, creates program for maternal health organizations, and serves as another organization I'm passionate about. She's a board member for Lamaze International. She's a published author, a media contributor, Naima has also developed a specialty expertise in healing related to pregnancy loss, and she's here today to share so much of her wisdom. I am truly honored and grateful that you're joining us today. Welcome, Naima. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Deborah. It's really an honor and a privilege to be here with you, to share in this space with you. I've been learning from you for all my years as a doula, which is about 10 years now. So I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. And I know for many of us in birth work, right, it begins with us. It's our own kind of story that ignited that passion and that interest. Can you share a little bit about your journey and your births, how you got started? Yes, I'll tell you about the pregnancy I had with my first son, which was about 14 years now. I have two kids. They are 14 and 11 years old. And when I was pregnant with my first, I didn't know the word doula. I didn't hear about it until I was 36 weeks pregnant and in a prenatal yoga class. And the instructor said that she was a newly trained doula. And if anyone wanted to talk to her about working together, she'd be happy to talk after class. So I went up to her after class and I said, what's a doula? I'd never heard of that before. And I like you in my prenatal yoga class. And if you wanted to come to my birth, that would be amazing. Like I didn't, I didn't understand. She told me and it sounded great. And like I said, like I enjoyed going to class with her. And so she came over to my house. We met. We did the whole interview process. I don't think I spoke to any other doulas in the interview process. I just connected with her and she was my doula and she was lovely. 
But prior to that, before even getting onto that path, when I was about 20, somewhere between 20 to 24 weeks pregnant, I was going the traditional route of having an OB as my birth attendant, my care provider, birthing in a hospital. I was pretty new to New York City where I live, still live. And I just one day during my appointment said to my doctor, hey, I know that this hospital has a birthing center. I would love to give birth in the birthing center. Do you do that? And Deborah, he stopped and he looked at me with such disgust. And he said, would you ask a stewardess to fly an airplane? And I thought, oh my goodness, maybe, <laughs> maybe, perhaps. I just don't know. Like, so, But obviously what he was saying was that the people who attend births in a birthing center, namely midwives, are not qualified, don't have the expertise that he does and therefore like he would never do something like go to a birthing center which was in the hospital it was not a freestanding birthing center so I just was so offended and I felt like whoa like it was a turning point for me because I hadn't before naively considered that I needed to feel good and confident in the person caring for me I was just like I'm a healthy individual. This is some doctor who I picked out of a book who I've been going to for two years. And so like having a baby is probably not a big deal. I had no, I, ha I didn't have much knowledge. So I told my mother, I called her when I got home and my mom was just like, you need to fire him and find yourself a midwife. What are you doing with yourself? And I, at that point, didn't realize that midwifery care was an option. I didn't know that midwifery care was a part of my modern care. I thought it was something old that had not, no one used anymore. I didn't know how much I didn't know until I was confronted with that decision of having to change care. So... Fast forward a few weeks, I did a bunch of research, including at that time watching a movie that was very popular called The Business of Being Born and got on midwifery track and never looked back. Midwifery care was the best care, remains the best care that I've ever received for anything in my life. And that's not a surprise to people who know what midwifery care is, but it is, I couldn't believe that I could have had something that likely would have ended up really, if not terrible, just not satisfying. So I didn't intend to find home birth midwives, but because I was pretty late and just also because of the confidence that the midwives I did find and had in me and in themselves and in their practice, I ended up working with two New York-based midwives, Martine Jean-Baptiste and Karen Jefferson, who were the midwives who attended both my births, both at home and both fantastic. That's what an incredible story. And, you know, as much as I was horrified by what that physician said, 
look at where it led you, right? And that you had that strength and your mother to encourage you, fire them. I love those words too, and be led to two beautiful births. Do you want to just say a little bit what the births were like? What would you, how would you describe yeah. them briefly? I mean, the first birth was picturesque. I was recently with my dear friend who actually a- attended the birth as well. She was, cause it was at my home. I had all the people I wanted to be here. And she was describing the birth just a couple weeks ago to another friend who had never had someone describe a birth to him before. And she described it as just like, beautiful. It was snowing outside. It was the first snow of winter. There were candles. We had a tub. I gave birth in the living room. And yeah, it was just, I like to set a goal for myself when I'm planning things. And the goal, then I thought about this when I was planning my wedding, like I just want big events to turn out better than I planned, better than I imagined they would be. And that birth experience, my first birth experience was better than I planned. So yes, I've had two lovely midwives. I had a doula. I had my friends and family who I wanted around me, around me. I had my partner and a wonderful, cozy setting, candlelight and a tub and all the things. I planned all that and still the birth was better than I planned. It was just, it was fantastic. And I, in Preparing to talk to you today, I was just reflecting on how wonderful that first birth experience was and how relatively easy and pleasurable it was and how I also did not share it. I didn't tell many people about it or when I did talk to people about it, I really downplayed it because I didn't want to make other people feel bad in knowing that I had a positive birth and I did not experience any trauma and it was far easier than I thought it would be. Although I didn't think that it would be really hard, but it was wonderful. I remember smiling when I was at the final pushes and just really bearing down and just throwing my head back and feeling so triumphant. And when my son came out and was put on my chest, like he was absolutely perfect. And I felt so proud of myself. So beautiful. And thank you for sharing because hearing that there was a time that you didn't feel you wanted to share and we never want to make anyone feel bad, right? Because every birth is that heroic journey. But what changed for you that you felt now you can talk about it? Yeah, you know, I'm really inspired by the work of Kimberly Seals Allers, who wants and encourages us, especially in this moment where so much attention is being paid to the Black maternal health crisis or the maternal health crisis period that we're in in the U.S. And what she often says is that the doom and gloom narrative is really harmful. If those are all the stories that are being told, then there's no opportunities to learn from joy, to learn from pleasure. And so that really struck me and like continues to inspire me to tell and hold pleasurable stories. Those are stories that also matter. And those are stories that we can learn from 
And those are stories that can shift people's mindsets and expectations. So if all that we think and all that we've been told is that birth will be traumatic, will be terrible, will be over-medicalized, then we don't have anything else to aspire to. And so when I was giving birth uh, 14 years ago, people questioned the safety of home birth. And it was all about safety. Is that safe to do? And I thought, well, yeah, like I found not one, but two midwives and they're like highly qualified and well-equipped and well-experienced. It's going to be totally really safe because I'm going to be attended to by experts constantly. And I know now as a doula, that's not often the case when people birth in other locations. Yeah. I really love that the way you explain to how important it is to honor the challenges, but share the joys and the pleasures that we can relearn so much from every story. And by holding the joy back, right, we have really left people without that full understanding. That's why I always say orgasmic birth is the best kept secret. So I'd love to hear now, baby number two came along how many years later? Two and a half years later, and also home birth, a very different experience, still joyful, I would say in retrospect, and very intense in the moment. But I'm so glad that I did it at home and did it with midwives and had Martine Jean-Baptiste at my side telling me one more push just like that for about four or five hours. (laughs) So I had a posterior facing baby who was about two pounds bigger than my first baby. And he was born completely sunny side up and never shifted, never changed positions. But to my midwife's credit, she watched me. She monitored me constantly with the, the handheld Doppler, saw that I was okay. My baby was okay. And that baby was just going to come out, you know, sunny side up, posterior facing. And he did. And she took care of my perineum. I didn't need a single stitch. It was fine. And I think about as a doula and how many times I don't get to see that in highly medicalized hospital situations where the recommendation is to go straight to surgery because those folks who I'm supporting are being attended by people who are primarily surgeons. They're trained to be surgeons. That's their area of expertise. And so that's how they know how to manage a situation like that. But yeah, so I gave birth to a posterior facing baby with a rapid labor, but very long pushing because he wasn't, wouldn't turn. <laughs> and still, when that baby was born, Deborah, the thing that I remember, I remember two things. The first thing was that he came out face up, and so we saw his face immediately, <laughs> me and my, my husband, and we both thought that he looked exactly, exactly like my grandmother, who died about four or five years prior, who was 96 years old. We thought he looked exactly like her. He doesn't anymore, but at the moment of birth, he did. <laughs> and then I also remember just shouting, I did it! I did it! I did it. I was so proud of myself. (laughs) 
And you should be. I love hearing that you're proud of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I was so proud of myself. And I feel now all these years removed, 11 years removed, even more proud because I've seen so many times a labor situation like that go straight to C-section and people, birthing people tell stories of, I couldn't do it. It was a failed labor. Like I needed an emergency intervention. And, you know, we know that that's often or sometimes there there are possibilities for that to go a different way. And I'm a testament to that. You sure are. And thank you for sharing both your stories and your incredible power and having such wonderful, I know your midwives, right? So such <laughs> incredible midwives. And to your second son, right? They Each baby takes its own path, right? He decided he was entering the world his way. And I'm sure he still has some of that. <laughs> He's the most independent person in our household. (laughs) So, I mean, there's so many lessons in birth, right? For everyone that's listening, right? Our babies do really choose in so many ways, but having that support made such a difference. So thank you for sharing. And you've gone on now. I mean, I read your like incredible bio from being on the Lamaze board and a doula and an author. And you're doing so many things too. You teach with us a lot about companioning. I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about that. Yeah, thank you. So I do teach quite a bit about companioning and what it means to be a companion. And this is work that I've learned and been supported through and mentored by Amy Bright Glenn, who's dear to you as well. And I really came to this work of wanting to think about how we show support and build a skill set around how to bring our doula skills to people experiencing losses, particularly pregnancy loss, is what I'm often very uh, thoughtful about. So prior to having my first son, I also experienced a miscarriage and I also experienced abortion. So I've had four pregnancies now and two live births. And all of those experiences make me who I am and how I show up in the world as a parent, as an educator, as a person in the maternal health space. So yes, I want to be able to help people, especially birth workers, learn how to just show up and hold space for all of those birth experiences for many different people. So being a companion has a few different components. The main one, and this is what I often teach about, is how do we show up with compassionate presence? So how do we use our presence to hold space or create a container for people to express their grief, to express their loss? And the way that we do that primarily is by 
shedding what we think we know about the situation and treating each experience of loss and grief as brand new. So that means that we can show up with a lot of curiosity. We show up with a listening heart. If we have anything to say, the first things that we say are often reflecting back what people have said to us instead of inserting our own meaning-making, encouraging meaning-making for the person who is experiencing the loss and just knowing that a way that we take care of ourselves, if this feels too big and too heavy, is we have our own support networks where we can share about this heaviness and get support that fills our cup so that we aren't depleted when we show up for others. Yeah. This is so important. That's where I've learned so much from you and from Amy and how we show up and how we companion. And I know that for people listening, they may be saying if they've had a loss or, you know, they are a doula and want to know more, how could they get involved? How could they learn more with you or in ways about companioning? Yeah, I offer a class, a really full, comprehensive holding space for pregnancy loss class that is really the second class in a series, but it can be taken. It doesn't have to be taken in sequence. Amy teaches one, I teach another. And I will announce fall dates very soon for when that class is going to be offered. I am planning to teach it in the fall. It's an eight-hour course. We meet three times. It's over Zoom. It's a really great space. But you can find out information at my website, which is foryourbirth, F-O-R-yourbirth.com, and on Instagram at foryourbirth. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Now, I want to ask just what, for those people that are pregnant, what is one tip you'd like to give them now from your experience and your wealth of wisdom working with birthing people and families? Yeah, one tip for a pregnant person. I think that the tips can be so individualized, right? I am working with a doula client right now. And one tip that I had for her recently is to spend time every day, hands on belly, just breathing in and breathing out and just like really getting present to the moment. And yeah, I mean, my tip is just about presence and getting just like recognizing the moment that you're in and savoring it and following your breath and taking that into your labor and into your early parenting and beyond. And I can feel that as you were saying it, I was kind of settling into my body. So thank you so much, Naima. Your wisdom just, I know, has touched so many people that are listening today. Can you share other ways that people can be in touch with you for your doula services, your education? I know you have a wealth of offerings. Yeah, you can email me. So I'm at naima at foryourbirth.com. Instagram messaging is a great way to find me. You can write to me through my website, also foryourbirth.com. And those are all the channels that I manage right now. I don't have anything else. That's plenty. (laughs) I hope that everybody that's listening, because knowing that you have a lot that is virtual and Zoom, people can reach you even if you're not in the New York City area. 
So I hope doulas and all of you that are planning a pregnancy or are pregnant will be in touch. And we'd love to hear from you. So tag us on social. What was something that touched you in today's talk and episode? And again, thank you so much for joining us, Naima. And thank you to all our listeners for following us. We hope that you will subscribe and be with us for our next episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.